Hello and welcome to the early morning edition of the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, I'm the proprietor and owner of Theology Gaming. With me right now are two special and, well, recurring guests. <laughs> First we have uh, the ever-lovely, ever-present game collector, Ted Loring. Hey, good morning. I'm enjoying some yogurt and coffee, by the way, so good morning to you. I'm enjoying cereal and coffee, and this cup is gigantic, <laughs> <laughs> because I need it. And our, my other special guest is my fellow PAX East attendee, Joshua Collar. How are you doing? Hakuna Matata. <laughs> what a wonderful <laughs> phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely morning here in Hudson, New Hampshire, where everything is dark outside. And the skies are cloudy, and it looks like everything died. But we'll just continue on here. We're alive and well, so. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys making the effort to make it work so I could be on the show. Yeah, no problem. I have a variable schedule, as they might say. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Ted, what is your schedule today, anyway? I typically leave for work around 7, but I've adjusted my work schedule for you and Josh. Because you guys nice. are worth it. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Untouched. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's go with a quick what are you playing segment. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, well, I'll I'll be as quick as I possibly can be. I've been playing Bioshock Infinite. I finished it on Sunday. Also playing Don't Starve by Clay. There's something else I was playing. Tales from Space, Mutant Blobs Attack by Drinkbox. uh, They're the company who just put out Guacamelee, which came out Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Came out yesterday. Something that we saw at PAX. Oh, I don't know if you saw it, but I know I did. What, were you, what system are you playing the mutant game on? Oh, I'm playing that on PC. Is it for anything else? or? Uh, yeah, it's actually on PC and Vita. Yeah, it's, I played uh, it on a Vita. Yeah, it's supposedly like one of the best games on Vita. It's one of the, the best launch games for Vita. Huh. It's a great game for the Vita. It worked really well for it, yes. That's a recommendation, or...? Oh yeah, no, I would I would highly recommend it. Like it's it's got this weird like it's a really really clever platformer with some great art, but it's something somewhere in between like a 1950s sci-fi movie where a blob is taking over everything and like how that kind of relates to like Katmari Damacy only you yes. know on a 2D plane with lots of like nice little clever touching and you know like I'm using a mouse, but you know like you have to touch things on the screen and move them around and used it, the blob's powers and it's really it's really quite clever and funny and has a lot of commentary on hipsterisms and i don't know it's 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 it's, it's funny it sounds a lot like uh you control it similarly to world of goo um with the mouse well it, it you have you have your movement so you got your wasd and then you got your uh and then you have a couple of powers, so you have like you can pull things towards you or push push them away, which you get oh, okay. a couple levels in, and you get uh you can jump and you can slam into the ground, but ultimately, in the most basic sense, it's about gaining mass, so getting bigger so that you can suck up bigger things, and eventually it starts out you can maybe pick up like a paper clip, and then a couple levels in, you're starting to like suck up humans, hmm. <laughs> and that's where it gets fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's that's one of the more fun parts about it. <laughs> yeah, I like the mechanic for being able to move to the next level. You've got to be large enough to eat the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's fun. Well, I'm going to try this out. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely up there. For me, it was free as part of the PlayStation Network Plus. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I believe I also, you know, once I, if I ever get a Vita, I already have it on, on PlayStation Plus as well. Jeez, you guys all have these PlayStation Plus games. <laughs> It's something that you need to may- maybe seriously take a-, a good look at yourself about. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I really need to think about this. That needs to be a business expense, Zach. <laughs> yeah. It's 50 bucks well spent. Yeah, it's, it's how I got Spec Ops The Line and Vanquish, and there's a lot of really great games that come through that system. I'm just one of those guys that is wary of subscription services. And oh, yeah. Whenever whenever it gets shut down, right, all my games are gone. So yeah, yeah. That'll never happen. It'll never get <laughs> hacked or broken into. Oh, well, my <laughs> Xbox broke down, and I lost stuff on it. So. Oh, yeah, that's not fun. I bought games that they took off the store, and then you can't you can't re-download them again. That's obnoxious. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that's not right. But I understand that feeling, and I know uh, even though you've downloaded your hard drive, hard drives can go. So that's true. So uh, do you want me to talk a little bit, just real brief, and and what I was thinking about Bioshock Infinite, or do you just want to skip past that? Because I want to hear because I just did a whole podcast on a game I didn't play. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I, I see that on uh, I see that on Facebook. I saw that you posted that about uh. Your Pixel Fusion podcast, yeah. which, which I, I must admit I really do like. Cross-promotion, Pixel Fusion yeah. on Substance TV. Listen to that, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's highly recommended. I like, I like the intro. It's got, some, it's got some good personality. You and, you and Brian Castleberry have like really great radio voices. Oh, good. So, yeah. <laughs> I know we all have sexy radio voices. It's just... I, 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 know, I know you do. I don't know about myself. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you think I have a sexy radio yeah. voice. Ted has a sexy radio voice. Oh yeah, Ted does too. I I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you not only do you have a sexy radio voice, Ted, but you also have a uh, Southern gentleman thing going on there. So you, you're oh, like, yeah, yeah. You, you convince people by the wit and charm of the tone of your voice. Wow, what a weapon! <laughs> <laughs> and you know where I was born, don't you? I was no. born. I was born in Attleboro, Massachusetts. <laughs> nice. Well, but, uh, we were both born in Mass, so. Yeah, but I moved to the South when I was two, so uh, the South is really all I know, so sorry about that. If if there's another war, we'd have to go against each other, brother. (laughs) I don't know. I might come down there and fight for the Confederacy for all I know. (laughs) If Ted's down there, there must be something good. It's all about our rats. We want to fight for our rats. Where all right, keep going, going. I don't so, yeah. know. So, yeah, Bios- okay. Bioshock Infinite. I'll just give you a quick quick little roundup. In terms of uh, the systems, there, there's so many. Like, it's, it's basically like, how do you take quantum theory, Disney princesses, religion, magic powers, and music from the 1980s and throw it into a big blender and say, let's make the most mass-marketed weird game we possibly can. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's Bioshock Infinite. Next game. <laughs> no 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 that's like like it's it's interesting because there's like this they're, they're following in in the threat the, the footsteps and movements of previous shock games not just bioshock one and two but you know system shock two and i've honestly never played system shock one so i can't exactly say but like you a lot of the two though so i mean it's pretty similar yeah it's it's definitely very similar but you know it's what five years earlier in development so the technology in the early 90s was not compa- really comparable to things today the the most important thing to note about bioshock is that they did refine the gameplay mechanics from bioshock one you know instead of when you die you uh get to go through a vita, a vita chamber you get to uh respawn through different means instead of having to constantly stock up on on medical kits and and adam eve hypo so you can reload your health and magic all the time they have it so that that's one of the mechanics that Elizabeth is there for once she gets into the game a couple hours in. Huh. But yeah, she's good for three things. She's good for throwing you random things that you need, most notably health and ammo, which is kind of funny because, you know, you'll get done screwing, uh, got, unscrewing guys' heads. And, <laughs> and she, 
Yeah, and she'll, like, have this nice little, like, Disney princess, I'm mad at you kind of face. And be like, you know, I can't believe how awful you are. And then all of a sudden she's like, okay, here's some more ammo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then she's also good for opening what are called tears. Openings in the the time-space continuum where you can, you know, it's basically wish fulfillment. So she functions like an in-battle genie. So, like, if you'd really like to have cover right in the middle of the battlefield, and that's a contextual option, then there you go. There's your cover. Or say you need a rocket launcher. Well, hopefully th- that's one of the other options in the, in the time-space continuum, and she'll just open that up on your command, and you can grab that, grab that rocket launcher. This sounds like contextually relevant cheating. Kind of. And uh, one of the, 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 on, the only other thing she does is uh, lockpick things, because Booker can't lockpick, but she can. And, and those, those are the main things that she's useful for in the actual gameplay mechanics, which is weird considering I thought that she would have a lot more, like, actual battle influence. Like, she would actually, like, do things that were actually, like, relevant to the gameplay instead of just, like, buffs and stuff like that. What was your overall impression of the game? At like, large? Good? No. Wow. Well, see, the thing is, yeah, I, I have to... That's the reason why I, I started with a mishmash. The, the comment of the game being, like, a mishmash of so many different things. Is because that's what both what it has going for it and both what works against it. And and this is this is not a popular opinion because you like right now on Metacritic it's like a 90, 95 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's so. transcendent basically. Which which is annoying considering like there's so many things that are issues like the the violence like uh, the very very early in the game like the first half hour to forty five minutes there's absolutely no combat whatsoever like you're just walking Whoa. through Colombia and just experiencing you're you're getting in, uh, forced into the into the city of Columbia through uh, power baptism. Like, you're, like, shoved under the water. It's the only way to get into the city. And then you're exploring the city, and, like, it's this weird, like, 1912 religious, like, culture, but it's not at all real Christianity or, or like, like real bad Christianity like they're trying to criticize, which I would honestly be for. If you're actually (laughs) going to criticize something, make it real instead of, like, a caricature and, like... It's a real like caricature, right? Yeah, it's really, really, really a caricature. Like, when you're baptized into Columbia, you're baptized in the name of the prophet, which is the, the main bad guy. Like, Comstock. it's supposed to be, like, Southern evangelical Christianity mixed with, like, nationalism? Yeah, but it's it's not. You're baptized in the name of the prophet, in the name of the founders, and in the name of, quote-unquote, our Lord. Which I thought, like, that's going to set the tone for having absolutely no real real world religion like that it's it's a cult video it's a video game religion like so many video games have had religions in them and none of them are trying to be realistic up until a a very later plot point that i i I can't spoil but i will i will tease like it 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 doesn't deal with things in a in a realistic sense but it 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 deals with things that were real issues of the time like it it tries to the the issue of racism is a huge problem in colombia and it's part of one of the major plot points of, of how things transpire and develop. And one of the best things about Bioshock Infinite is that there's a good sense of mystery. You get to actually explore the place before uh, it all goes to crap. Whereas all the other Bioshock games, you're wandering into its dystopia where everything has fallen and there's dead bodies everywhere. And this one, at least you get to see it before there's dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> ah, That's also another gameplay criticism that I have is like, before the Columbia is fallen, you can still search everything. Like you're constantly searching desks, you're constantly searching trash cans, you're constantly searching dead bodies. Like that's where you get all of your ammo, all of your money. So like the of... same as the original Bioshock. Yeah. Only the thing is, like, it gets to a point where you it's know, <laughs> you know, you're always going to find something useful in the trash. 
Potato <laughs> chips? Potato chips and booze? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Sometimes. Yes. But sometimes, if if you're if you're the discerning individual, sometimes you have to watch to see whether it's rotten or not. Because if it's rotten, it'll take like two percent off of your health instead of giving you two percent more health. But then oh. you can respawn instantly, right? So. It doesn't it, but, really but, matter. <laughs> well, well, the thing is that it also takes away a lot of your money each time you do that. So, like, and since oh. since money is is how you pay for your your character skill upgrades, it's a real decision making thing. Um, also, one of the, my biggest criticisms is that the boss battles are awful, <laughs> um, and and that at the very end of the game, this is a major spoiler. So skip ahead fifteen seconds. You guys okay. won't mind. Wee 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 wee. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Not so listening, not listening. Not the, listening. The, <laughs> the, at the end of the game, they introduce a tower defense battle. Ooh. Oh, yeah. and, this seems they, like a bad idea. It's bad all around. Like <laughs> there's, they, they introduce a tower defense battle where you have to use a, a new mechanic to survive and and to keep the a, a power core from getting destroyed. But they didn't teach you how to use it. You're supposed to be able to use all the skills that you've gotten, all of, all of your vigors, which are like magic, and all of your your guns, because all of the guns that you need are there. And, and to do a tower defense thing, but it's it's just it's the most, single most frustrating part of the game. I played it on hard because your influence on me is strong. I, I actually considered turning off the, the hard difficulty because you can switch it at any time. But oh um, wow, that's kind of a I I, I literally had to play that part move. like yeah I, I had to play that part a good ten times before I finally finished it, which which is which is one of the unspoiler alert so no more spoilers you can do your yeah the cool thing about the game is that it rewards you for stomaching the the cheap i wouldn't say it's cheap but it it rewards you for overcoming the less than amazing gameplay with story so if you're a game if you're a player who likes who likes to have mystery be unraveled through as a as a reward for for overcoming obstacles like this this is the kind of game for that like once once you get through like a major a major section there's there's sometimes there's often exposition and and development and even though there's a lot of exposition and and a lot of story narrative if you're going to be even the least bit invested because the game's not that immersive like when you're when you're like in the middle of battle rummaging through desks (laughs) <laughs> just to get enough health that you can stay alive a little bit longer so that you can shoot like a weird <laughs> boss that doesn't make any sense in your mind. You like, don't seem to like the rummaging at all in this game. <laughs> well, the rummaging is actually my favorite part of games like Fallout 3 and and the reason why I'm super excited about the game made by some some uh, folks who were working on uh, Bioshock 2's DLC Minerva's Den. They, they formed a company huh. called The Fulbright Company who's making a game called Gone Home which is all about you go into a home and you have to try to figure out who was there in that house. But you're opening thing, you're opening up drawers and you're, you're going through actual things as opposed to three different slots. Because in Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, every item has three circular slots. And it's represented by a graphical image of what's inside. And it's always something completely like uninteresting, like coffee or a pineapple. Like, like yeah, a pineapple, that's weird, but... <laughs> It's it, it's not actually like conceptually interesting because all it does is add two two percent to your health. <laughs> so weird. By and large, this I had some major issues with the story too, but that'll probably be a post in later time, and I can't get into that because the the story issues at large are very very spoilery. So ah uh, yeah, well I don't want to spoil it. Either, yeah, that's even that's though it I don't like me. it. So, so thank you very much, Josh. Uh, sure. Ted, what have you been playing? Um, do you want me to to wait till the end, actually, just in case uh, huh. Josh that's has to go a, on to work? 
That's actually a good idea if you guys not don't mind, because I, I would love to hear what you're playing, but it would it would it would be a good idea to save time. Yeah, you can listen later on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, here's my weird idea. Okay, so me and Josh, we went right. So Ted, what questions do you have about PAX? I'm the interviewer. Yeah, let's reverse the tables here. Yeah. Well, I looked at both your guys' sites about some of your experiences. And I really love the the picture that uh, Josh had put up of both of you guys. So there is actual photographic evidence that you're uh-huh. both there. Yeah, and I exist. Yeah. And am I correct that this is the first time you guys met face-to-face? Absolutely. Yeah. Zach, what was your involvement with it? Were you going as a representative of Theology Gaming, or were you connected in any way with what uh, uh, Josh was doing? Uh, I went as a representative of Theology Gaming primarily, but mm-hmm. I ended up with an exhibitor pass by the end of the day for a game yeah. church, so <laughs> it depends. Yeah, game, game church hooks you up, I'll tell you what. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so that was really uh, was was neat to see. Josh, you wrote about the booth there, and it was right beside the Blizzard booth, I believe. Yep, yep. Yeah, and and, and, and uh, on my blog, I accidentally kept calling the their new uh, Flash game or whatever you want to call it, the card game. They have. Yeah, Hearthstone. I, I kept calling it uh, Hearthfire because I was like, in my mind, I wasn't quite out of Skyrim yet. Which <laughs> it, uh, Hearth, Hearthfire is Skyrim DLC. Well, Hearthstone is an actual item in World of Warcraft that every character gets, so oh. I think it's actually supposed to be connected to WoW. Well, that just seemed to make that game church booth that much more legitimate to be right there beside Blizzard. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, that was pretty cool. Well, to, if if it doesn't, if it adds any more legitimacy, we were also like directly catty corner of the Outlook Express, uh, Microsoft Outlook, the email program. So we were directly across from their booth. So hopefully that makes us even more uh-huh. legit. Right there between <laughs> Blizzard and catty corner to Microsoft. There's a, there's Josh. At, well, no, at not, the not, not, not Microsoft at large, but specifically Outlook. <laughs> Just Outlook. <laughs> just Outlook. Nothing else. Who who uses Outlook? I mean, just I do. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, I do. I have a, uh, an email address at Outlook.com. So. Yeah. yeah. That's I, I created an account when I bought my Surface. All right. More questions. Uh, it yeah. seemed to me that there were a lot of independent game developers there. Yes, yeah. there were. That was what that were... was probably the 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 bigger part of the show. Like I'd say that maybe half of it, half and half of the game section, because there's or video game section, because there's the video game section, then there's the board games and tabletop games, which is like maybe half and half. Oh, tabletop? Right. Where was that? Oh, t- well, I'd say that the, the main expo floor, which is this giant, giant floor of a space, was split basically, I'd say probably, um, to be more accurate, probably about two-thirds video games and one-third tabletop stuff towards the yeah, very back. So definitely. if you're coming in from the front, very front entrance of the Boston Convention Center, it would have been like towards towards the back. And then... In the rooms the whole way around the building, which is very, very large, there were all sorts of concerts, special game competitions, all sorts of stuff along those lines, which I didn't have any time or opportunity to participate in. But I yeah. saw people go into those events, and there's lots of, like, great panels, and that's where, like, Clippy B was speaking, and, like, all the big, big wigs. and Yeah, Warren I missed Spectre. all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. Oh, one thing about PAX, I think, that everybody says after going is that even three days is just not enough. Yeah. It's like going to Disney, I guess. <laughs> I, for I video mean, gamers. I, I would yeah. say that to some degree. I was I was able to be there three days, but I had to I I mean, maybe not time wise, but in terms of like I could have stayed for three days and I was just so overwhelmed. But uh <laughs> Yeah, but to, getting to your answer, Yeah, absolutely. To answer Ted's question quite point blank about the indie game booths is that it was about half and half 
size-wise, but there was just so many more indie games because the booths for indie games are like 12, 15 by 15 feet, and the booths for like major developers are like 100 by 100 feet. Like they're, they're just like way bigger. So there just was a lot. Like you could walk through the indie game section and see 30 games in, in, in a minute, whereas comparatively, like you, you couldn't see nearly that many in the, in the main game floor. Yeah. As for me, when I got on the conference floor, I was like, what the heck do I even do when I start yeah. this? Right. It's just so overwhelming. And I saw this stuff and I was like, uh, you know, I know about all these games. Right. You know, Assassin's Creed and waiting line for an hour and a half to play a game that's about to come out. I, I don't understand that. But so <laughs> so I just or, or a lot more than an hour and a half for in, in, in the case of something like Elder Scrolls Online. I'm yeah. not. That, that line didn't seem to move at all, and it was, like, wrapping around the outer walls. Jeez. You know, I'm I'm a frequent theme park goer, so I kind of know when I should wait in line for something. And I, I just can't wait in line for video games. I can't justify the time expense <laughs> to play a game that hasn't come out yet. I hate waiting in line more than anything. I've all waited right. in line for, like, two hours for Soren, so I have done painful things to myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is the first question is a game for Zach. Is there a booth that you went into expecting it to be something great and you came out going, yeah? Mm, off the top of my head, I want to say Guacamelee. <laughs> really? Yeah. How come? It's it, it's like a, let's say, a combination of like a Final Fight style beat em up plus Metroid kind of elements yeah yeah that but, would but, be my but but, but with a, a a mexican luchador kind of party. Oh, i appreciate the insanity yeah but yeah <laughs> i think as far as the game itself goes it just seems a little did you, did you play it itself like did yeah you have... oh okay i didn't I, get a chance to i played it co-op too okay yeah the, yeah. the weird thing that they were is it was weird that they were showing off the co-op because the the co-op isn't actually unlockable until you beat the game the first time Oh, which really? which is a really dumb decision in my mind, and a lot, one of the, the few things that I saw the reviewers so far criticizing. Oh, that's weird. Why did they do that? I don't know. It's 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 kind of like where uh, they made like in El Shaddai, where all the levels, like the difficulties, aren't unlockable until you beat the game for the first time. Yeah, well, it was it's a fifteen dollar game too, so it's not like it's you know not a substantial cost for a downloadable game. Yeah. Anyway, that game was like okay to me. But it wasn't necessarily like amazing. Hmm. Like Mech Knight Chronicles makes me happy, but huh. this game does not. <laughs> I don't is know. it? Is this an independent company making Guacamelee? Uh, it's. I think it's being published it's, it's by Drinkbox, Sony. The same, it's it's Drinkbox, the same guys who made uh, Mutant Blobs Attack and and. Uh, okay. Tales from okay, the, 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 the other Tales from Space game, also involving blobs. I forget what that one was called. Yeah, and Sony is publishing this one, I, I believe, right? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a Sony exclusive. So this game is sort of like their entrance into the big time in a sense. Yeah, with a bunch of other people this spring, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right. Same question though for Josh. Is there anything that you kind of went into with uh, high hopes and came out maybe a little disappointed? I guess the biggest thing is that I was hoping to be able to play Super Giant's next game, Transistor, which is the follow-up to Bastion. That line. Oh the my best God. the best I got, like I, I, I walked by that booth maybe four or five times, hoping that maybe the line would be shorter. But the, sh- the, the shortest wait that I ever saw was for an hour and 45 minutes. And, and, and it was usually more like t- two hours plus. So I, I, I was, and, and I didn't wait to play anything. I, I The whole time there, I was just like, 
overwhelmed, taking in everything, just like looking, just learning and, and writing down what was worth checking out later, just because there were so many things. The the other one was uh, Super Time Force, which is uh, made by Cappy Games. They are uh, the folks who made um, the super notable Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery was for iPhone first and then for PC. They also made uh, a couple of other really notable games like uh, Might and Magic, Clash of Heroes, and Critter Crunch. But they, they were actually partnered, and their booth was was completely joined with Double Fine's booth. And and it was funny because I, I huh. Double Fine was they were showing a new game that was like this this uh, I don't even I don't even know what what that one was all about. But were it was they? Like this, yeah, it was it was like a, a light. Cappy like, is that what it's called? Well, well, Double there's yeah Cappy and Cappy and Double is Fine. the company. Okay. There's Cappy and there's Double Fine, two different companies, and they were sharing a booth. Um, and Tim Schaefer from from Double Fine was like right there, and as I was like just walking through the booth, and I was like, I'm not going to do the like really obnoxious nerd thing. I'm just going to play it cool and just take a picture three feet from his face. Um, <laughs> 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 and it turned out real blurry and completely unusable anyway. So that's a good way to take pictures of the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just smack your face against them. But, you know, video games do have their share of "quote unquote" <laughs> rock stars, and Tim yeah. Schafer would definitely be one of them, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you said Cliffy B was there too, right? That's another rock star in the video game industry. Oh yeah. Uh, well, he, I, I, I didn't see him or or know what he was there doing because he's he. Uh, I don't even know if he actually is working on anything officially right now since he left Epic. He's just one of those guys that everyone wants to talk to. I mean, similar thing with Warren Spector. Like Warren Spector. Hasn't yeah. made a game that people re- have really, really liked since maybe like Thief Two. Same goes no, for no. Richard Garriott too. Who's Who's he? I don't know. Interesting. Oh, he's uh, uh what is it? Ultimate. Yeah, Space. Lord Lord Britain and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, Lord okay. British. Lord British. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he went I, into I space. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Paid for it himself. That's awesome. Yeah, he hasn't made anything good for forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the one other thing I was disappointed with was I didn't get to play Shovel Knight, so... No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That game intrigues me. I, yeah. I didn't get a chance... Did you get a chance to, to... I mean, it was also a crazy line for it, too, but did you get a chance to try DuckTales Remastered? Ooh. No, not at all, but I would have loved to, because I love DuckTales. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are they going to, um <laughs> like, redo the soundtrack? I don't know. I bet they do, and that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not only are they remastering the whole thing, but they're also um, adding additional content. So, like, where would it go if it went further? Because, you know, NES games are great, but they were short compared to, you know, what we've come to, to know and expect for games today. Yeah. yeah. Well, they so, only had so much capacity. Sure. So mm-hmm. here's the thing about the DuckTales remaster that worries me a little bit. Okay, so Capcom gave them license to WayForward Technologies. And WayForward Technologies has made a lot of these 2D revival games that have come out the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, like, Contra 4 and Double Dragon Neon, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, the people who made those 2D revivals, kind of, they left their jobs and formed a new company called Yacht Club Games, which is making Shovel Knight. Gotcha. So I don't know whether or not it'll actually turn out good. Really? (laughs) It worries me a little bit. Hmm. I mean, because the people who make the 2D and, you know, I've seen like a billion videos of people playing Shovel Knight, and that basically looks like, Somebody went, hey, I love DuckTales. Let's make yeah. a game out of it. Now, they can't be charging a full price for a game like DuckTales Remastered. I bet you it's going to be $10. If it's that, then I'm totally in. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be download-oriented. They go so. 15 it's going to be way too much. Yeah, I'm tempted. I, I don't know if, it, if that's too much. I mean, like, I think that they'd be able to get away with that. 
has expanded story. Okay, so the new the remaster is gonna be longer than the original game, I guess. Yeah. Explains why a giant rat is on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there's ducks on the moon getting to the rat, so yeah. You know, we're already in the realm of the ridiculous. Plus, you're playing as 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 a senior citizen duck, so (laughs) (laughs) Who, who can hop on his cane. Which is impressive. Oh goodness, it actually wonderful. is so awesome. Did, did you guys did you guys see the picture of me that I took in their booth? Where yes, I, was, I did. Okay, That's yeah, awesome. I was dressed up as, as Scrooge McDuck. I was just taking a picture of the booth, and and this the uh, this person who was there to promote the game was like, "Here, can can you want to hold these, these the cane and and put on put on the hat, and I'll take a, take your picture." <laughs> <laughs> that you look so quite great. dapper. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. So uh, what's your what's your next question, Mr. Ted? All right. Well, the next question is it's simply the best in show. I mean, what won first uh, place for you? You found yourself. You've thinking about it since you've been there. It's been running in your head. Zach, you go first because I, I don't know that I have an answer for this. I don't think I have a very good answer either, but give me yeah. a second. There's no real one standout then, huh? It's not that there's no standouts. It's just that they're Maybe all not, kind of incomplete. There's there's a ton of standouts. For me, I, I'm going to I'm gonna answer and, and yeah, hopefully we'll, give, we'll give call it, enough time. This is the standout question. What are some standouts then? But yeah. in a good way. Good way. Yeah. For me, for me, honestly, like one of the, the highlights for me of the whole trip was was not even so much the games themselves, but working the game church booth. Because it, it it's basically just straight evangelism, like, and not not in any kind of pushy way. Yeah, not in any kind of pushy way, but in, in this very very simple, like, people come came up to our booth, and we have this huge mural of quote unquote gamer Jesus, who doesn't look anything like Jesus, and we know this, and and it's kind of meant to just be a conversation starter, not like we're saying that that actually is Jesus, but in any case, people come up in there because they're curious and wondering what we're all about, what are what are we doing, and we hand them a gamer Bible and say like. Jesus loves you. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. And they're like, well, what, what are you, why are you guys here? And we explain like, well, we're here to tell you Jesus loves you and to give you free stuff. And, <laughs> and so there was, and there was also like uh, a t-shirt people could get for free if they were to wear it for the rest of the show and sign up and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And there was uh, other, other like small little like stickers and, and, and pins and stuff that you could take. And so we were giving a lot of, away a lot of free stuff, but the, the exciting thing was just telling people who don't hear it often that Jesus loves them and just genuinely like loving on these people and often taking picture of cosplayers in front of Gamer Jesus because it's funny. Right. We got, Gamer we got, Jesus. Yeah. Ga- and this is uh, Gamer Jesus who's wearing the uh, headset and has a, a joystick. I mean, has yeah. a, a game controller. Yeah, and ha- yeah, yeah, okay. he has a 360 controller. Uh, and that was all, all designed by Brian Buffin, who's the the main graphic designer for Game Church, and he was there with us, and he's just a really awesome guy. And I also got to uh, interview uh, one of the representatives from the the PlayStation Three game, The Last of Us. And so it's kind of interesting because because Game Church at large is is meant to be an outreach, but it also is press. So we had not only exhibitor badges, but also press badges, and we're able to go around and, and interview um, a couple of folks. Uh, that was the only interview that I did, which you can check out on, on my blog or, or GameChurch.com. So you were um, actually holding the uh, Game Church Jesus Loves Gamer microphone, right? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was very he, official. He does love gamers, though. I love that. That's great. Yeah. And, and, that was, and that was just the exciting part about it was just authentically representing Jesus. It was just so easy to talk to people. My favorite moment was I was sitting there with Mikey, who's, who's a guy who started Game Church, and he got the idea from, from Triple X Church. That's what I thought. It seemed yeah. like there were some yeah. parallels. He did. Which, 
I was sitting there with him and, and just, just trying to take it take in like get his heart and get get a, an understanding of how things work. And so I handed handed uh, one of the, the, the gamer Bibles to this this woman who had like she had like greenish hair and she looked a little bit older and I, I just she was, seemed like a really interesting person. And I handed it to her and she just I told her Jesus loves you and handed it to her and she just had this weird look on her face like I uh, huh? Like I, I don't I don't get it. Like what's going on here? And meanwhile, <clears throat> sorry. Meanwhile, her her girlfriend comes up behind her, and sees what's going on, and just kind of gives this like, uh, huh? And and Mikey Mikey looks up at at at, at them and just like it's like that right there. That's my favorite thing. Just that like com- complete like curiosity and confusion and like what are you guys actually doing? And and they they took it and and went it went away. And I just thought it was awesome just to see like you know here's here's this woman who the, these two women who who are lesbians and just probably don't get to hear that jesus loves them very often <laughs> confusion through kindness yeah yeah so that that was that was one of the that was probably my, the biggest highlight for me of all of pax east was just seeing like i mean and that, not just that particular instance but lots and lots of instances like that where people who who obviously or or just don't seem to know who jesus is in in, in a like actually loving yeah any kind of capacity and, th- and there was like a couple of guys who who came by and gave us a hard time and stuff like that too but like that was my favorite like there was a couple people who uh said uh you're know, like i don't you know i don't i don't want to have anything to do with god or jesus or whatever uh, curious what i don't what you guys are doing is is interesting but you know yeah and and mikey's like here just take this the gamer bible he's like here just take this if you don't want it burn it that's fine <laughs> And uh, yeah, and I mean, he was just saying, he's like, I, I believe the Holy Spirit's all over this thing. And after spending time with him and and, and, and spending time with the, the, the handing out the Gamer Bible and stuff like that, like, I, I've never had that much, well, I mean, I've, I've, I've probably had that fun, much fun with doing evangelism before, but like, it really, really was like just edifying to my spirit and in a in a completely like super religious way of saying things. But yeah, I, I, I just really, really enjoyed that and the game, playing the games there, I barely played any games there at large. I saw a ton of booths and, and walked the floor a number of times. And like I said, I got to interview a guy from The Last of Us. And and I lost you at some point. Yeah, and, and, and we lost one another. And Yeah, what happened there? That was confusing. I don't know exactly what happened. I, I got sick. Oh, is that what, so you had to find a bathroom somewhere. And the bathroom lines are about like anywhere from, from they, they have a longer wait than some games. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was wow. midday too. So yeah, yeah. So it was it was uh, it was it was a good time to be a girl, um, <laughs> if 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 because uh, girl girl bathroom lines were were almost non-existent. I never thought of that. That's one of the few places where it's reversed. You yeah. should have just snuck in at that point. Get a wig or something. And... I don't I don't think my flannel would have. My flannel and and faux hawk would have would have terribly <laughs> been convincing that if I'm not a man. If you had lipstick on, I think it would have worked. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, that is funny. So, so you guys did get uh, separated. Almost, I could see like this giant wave of humanity just sweeping Zach away. Yeah, I was like, no. Actually, that would that would have been that, that would have been a good time to be a, to have like a backup cosplay outfit of some kind. Because <laughs> then I could then I could have totally like just snuck into a stall. But yeah, no, I I I, uh, I got up at two a.m. to to get to the show that day. So like, I was I was up mostly like i didn't sleep that much on the car on the way there so i i was just completely and utterly exhausted by the end of the first day 
And so for the second day, it was like I, I, I got a full night's sleep. I was blessed with my own bed and stuff like that with because uh, Game Church got got that all got me completely covered in all those ways. And, and I got my own bed and I was it was great. But I was still just utterly exhausted from getting up at 2 a.m. the previous day and doing the, the nine hour drive to get to Boston. I didn't sleep at all the night before. So, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I just was kind of just barreling on through. Yeah, like I got I got hours. one thing to say about Josh. Some people just don't know how to party. <laughs> they don't, not like me and my mysterious weekends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't do it like me. Yeah, Zach yeah. is never just, available on weekends, so yeah, we're Zach putting together all these mysterious secondary lives. Yeah, for him. Zach just completely mysteriously disappears off the off the face of the internet, which is the real world. <laughs> for me, <laughs> it may as well be. <laughs> And theories abound to, to him playing World of Warcraft all weekend, to maybe spending time with family, or maybe, I think, you know, being a cosplayer, possibly. <laughs> I refuse to let the secrets out. It's good. It's good. Anything that, that I, I, I don't know, I know, Josh, probably your time is going to come to an end soon here, I think. Yeah, but, I, got, uh, I got about 10 more minutes. 10 oh, okay, minutes. good, good. Because yeah. I, I do want to. I'll talk about one thing that I did do. Yes, yes. People, well, you know, because nobody knows what theology gaming is before this, so <laughs> let's be honest, right? So I'm wandering around the show floor trying to shill my wares, so to speak, <laughs> and convince people of my credentials. So that was what fun. What was that expression? Chill my wares? Shill my wares. Like C-H-I-L-L, right? Selling the snake oil. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was a fun experience, mostly because I was trying to figure out how to endear myself to game developers without being like, hey, I'm a journalist. I want to write about your thing. <laughs> Here's my card, right? <laughs> In the most impersonal way possible. But yeah, well, I actually, it was really personal. I mean, that was that was one of the highlights. One of the other highlights for me was 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 not necessarily seeing the game booths with you. But just going around to the booths with you and talking to people, because I realized we're, we both just really, really enjoy asking game developers questions especially the small guys who don't that was more interesting to me than actually playing the game because you know i can look at game footage anytime exactly and you're gonna play it eventually too yeah that's fine right but to actually talk to the developer and figure out their thought process and all that kind of thing was really interesting (laughs) especially for booths that didn't have much of a line um, right because because their games look too weird or for whatever I think just expressing a little interest, I mean, made you more interested, made them more interested in you, and yeah. and it ended up being like a feedback loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, you know, when I dropped, like, Theology Gaming, people were like, some people were like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So I got to explain that to them, and then some people were like, I'm confused by this guy with a master's degree. I'm freaking out now. <laughs> and, and then other people were like, oh, wow, you're like one of those cool Christians. <laughs> wow you're yeah. one of the cool ones and then he's like one person was saying how you don't have any problem with the violence in my game and i'm like no why <laughs> and they're like oh usually it feels like an us versus them thing so huh. uh, yeah and they were like kind of confused but also happy that someone was coming to see their game from another side yeah. right yeah it's a yeah. fresh perspective i think yeah, and a lot of people were very uh, happy that you know just expressing any interest in the game. So yeah, who who was who was the comment? Do you remember who who you were talking to about the comment about uh, violence in games? It was the guys from Ska Studios. What 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 are they making? They were made the dishwasher originally. If you've not looked that game up, I like that one. 
Um, and uh, Charlie Murder. Yeah, I think I saw that. That looked yeah. pretty. That looked pretty uh, Tim Burton esque with a little bit more darkness to it. Right? Yeah, it's mostly like a side-scrolling beat 'em up, like Castle Crashers. Probably yeah. the best comparison. Yeah, but a lot more um, goth. A lot more goth and a lot more heavy metal violence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. That makes perfect sense why people would find that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, and some of them were just bewildered, but they just like that I knew so much about video game mechanics that they could just talk to me like a normal yeah, person. That's right. awesome. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, anytime you name drop Earthbound in a conversation, it's actually relevant. Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a reference to uh, Bootstrap Heroes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those those guys, their their game looks their game looks really really like it's it's an it's an interesting Wild West version of Earthbound or something in that same vein. Yeah, it's a lot of combination of a lot of things. If you like that battle system, yeah. I, I was surprised at how many how many old school 16-bit style RPGs were represented at the show. There was a lot. And some of them I didn't even get to like play or talk to people, but they were there. <laughs> One of the first games that you and I played together was the, the next uh, Penny Arcade um, on the Precipice of Darkness. Yeah, that's um, by Zaboid Games. Yeah. That's a one guy show, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it is. But there's a lot. There's a lot of inside jokes, and uh, the only things that I, I I don't actually understand a lot of the the Penny Arcade comic, and yeah, I'm not that familiar. So I'm not that familiar with the whole thing at large. The, the two things that I know about Penny Arcade are the Penny Arcade Report, because they are a pretty good aggregator of game commentary and news, and also, uh, of course, the Penny Arcade Expo itself. But uh, it was just funny because there was like no line for that game, and here we are in like. The actual like, expo. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. they're the sort of the founding of it. <laughs> yeah. That's so that a, well, it's kind of an old school RPG with Pokemon stuff in it, so maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the weird part is I, I didn't but I I, I I didn't play any of the first three, so Well the first two are more like a um I don't know. The best comparison I'm thinking of off the top of my head is have you played Freedom Force by any chance? Um, I, no. Was that on the PlayStation 2, Freedom Force? Might have been, but it was mm. a PC oh. strategy game in the vein of, like, real-time PC strategy game where you have superheroes and they each have superpowers. and they. Yeah, I, I remember it, but I, yeah. I never got a chance to play it. Well, the first two games in the Precipice of Darkness are more like that. And they're in full 3D and they look excellent and all that jazz. But um, no, the third one is, like, total... Th- throwback old school rpgs so yeah that's that's strange totally different developers and everything yeah yeah there's a lot of inside jokes and stuff that i didn't that i didn't follow i mean it would be the equivalent of like playing a simpsons game if you've never watched the simpsons i mean i read penny arcade every once in a while but yeah i'm not too familiar with the source material so yeah Yeah. what can you do (laughs) well they certainly hit a home run with these uh expos that's for sure oh yeah yeah absolutely i mean like they get bigger each year they they I talked to the guy who is uh, kind of like shepherding. He's a, a, an enforcer, quote unquote, just to make sure that everything's working for for any of the exhibitors. And he was saying like each year it gets bigger and bigger, and they actually stopped counting how many people are there. Which I don't see how that's possible when you're selling passes where you can like not count how many people are there. But that's what he said. So yeah, uh, and they make a lot of money off this too. Oh yeah. Also, because yeah. I, I the podcast I just recorded was. Dan Birch, who is a uh, producer at Mugen Studios, uh-huh. and he was talking all about how the whole pack show goes and how much the booths cost and all the little details that go into actually cool. setting one up. So, yeah, but yeah. booths are expensive. 
Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't doubt that in any way, shape, or form. And plus, there's hidden expanses, especially because it's in Boston, and everything is unionized, so... Oh, uh, goodness. Yes. Yeah. So, you end up having a guy, like, you know, picking up a box and moving, like, 10 feet and then dropping the box, and then he gets paid, like, $63 an hour or something. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> that to, is so true. That is uh, common in the Northeast. For not especially. not to be down on anything. Just it's a lot of there's a lot of expenses that go even yeah. for the indie guys. Yeah, are going Understood. into the thing. And carpets are important. So yeah, yes, it's it's better for your knees. Yeah, I <laughs> have I had shin splints for like a whole week. <laughs> oh wow! I I was walking back and forth the floor because I knew I had like one day. So I was yeah, going to do my I was, best. I was pretty wrecked after afterwards. Yeah, Ted, Ted, I gotta get going soon. What's do you have like one like last question that I could try to answer? I think you uh, have hit all my uh, ones. I had the the, okay. the the low points and the high points, and okay. uh, that, which isn't that great interviewing to ask that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, the, so the one... here, here's my last question. Okay, go for it. Would you do it again? Are you gonna go next oh, year? Oh, I would love year? to. I would actually love to bring somebody with me next time. Like I felt like I needed to go just to like have free reign over, over everything, get a, get a sense of how things are and how they function. Yeah. Um, I'd love to be able to bring my wife, Jessica. Um, I know that she hates video games, but she loves, uh, uh Cappy games. She loves Critter Crunch and, and, uh, Heroes, um, uh, Cl- uh Clash of Clans, Might and Magic Clash of Ca- Clans. So I got her a, a Cappy yeah. t-shirt, but uh, I would love to take her with me. Well, I'm not a real game culture kind of guy. I mean, I'm yeah. into it. I'm into video games, but I'm not into so much associated with the subculture necessarily. Oh, yeah. I think that for me, it was completely new experience. And I think that anybody who's new to this kind of thing should at least give it a chance. Just, yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm petitioning. I'm petitioning. <laughs> well, I would love the experience. And, and hopefully at one point in the future, I'll be able to, to go and set aside my computer nerd nine to five job. <laughs> And and go uh, next year. Next like year. That. Next year. Come on, let's go. I need to start planning for it. Don't yeah. I? Yeah. And maybe it's, we'll it's have a. You got to plan for. Maybe theology gaming will have a media arm by then. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, we should at least try. We'll see. We, you got to get a microphone. Yeah, and then I can look professional with the label yeah. thing on it for sure. Yeah, get a fancy camera, walk around. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh, I, we guys, can get gotta... one of those uh, those '80s VHS ones that are oh, like that two parts better. camera and a little shoulder bag with the uh, cassette drive. <laughs> I would like that. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, guys, I got to get going. Uh, the last thing that I'll say before I got to go is uh, there was one game that caught my attention just because their gimmick was so funny was a uh, Nun Attack, which was an <laughs> iOS game. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, it's the only swag I got from the show was these uh, little spray bottles with sanitizer. And it says on the on the spray bottle says spray away your sins, <laughs> and uh, I, it was it was just a really clever gimmick. The, I'm not sure whether they were the the girls who who made the game or whether it was just just friends or whomever, but they actually had uh, uh, ladies dressed up like nuns, and they were you know can we spray away your sins? Just going around walking around talking to people and who who came close to the booth. And I, I, I it, it was, it was awesome. It was funny. Um, and there, the game is on iOS for like 99 cents. I got it. It's, it's cool. It's cool. It, it's, it's, uh, it's something like a point and click shooter of sorts. Huh. Um, I don't know how to describe it better than that, but yeah. So it, I got it. They were offering it at the show for free. So I downloaded it and it's cool. So I love you guys. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to get up super early and, and talk to me on the show and, all and that so, fun stuff. So TLDR, none attack, buy it. Joshua Collar. Yeah. <laughs>
Love you guys. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was a rather stirring interview. That was. It sounded like he was really affected by it. Yeah. And Ted, you're good at this. Oh, well, thank you. I, <laughs> well, I try to think about stuff like this ahead of time. <laughs> well, I kind of put you on the spot, but uh, I think it worked out. Yeah, well, I knew, uh, you know, we put on our Facebook group, I said, I'm going to be the question asker. <laughs> all right, so we need to get back all the way to the beginning of the show, rewind. <laughs> and, Ted, what were you playing? <laughs> this is going to drive you crazy, but... I'm not going to edit this, so whatever. I've been playing Tomb Raider, the, the latest Tomb Raider. Okay. Which which I got and played some with my son when he was visiting uh, for the weekend between semesters, and I have not progressed the storyline or the game one bit. But I have gone back to every campsite and I'm searching for every useless <laughs> item that this game can provide, from GPS locations to shooting rabbits. <laughs> There's one place where I found three rabbits running around underwater in the stream. And I don't know if that's like an Easter egg or bad programming, but I <laughs> shot all three of them. And, and they give you a reward? You get uh, salvage for it. Really? Yeah. So when my son comes back, couldn't basically... You just, couldn't you just cut up the rabbits? Well, that's what you do after you shoot them. You go to them and you do a little... Uh, Kind of uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, slice, slice, slice. Oh, yeah. That I, I just scavenged or got some salvage from it. But you can do that with deer, crows, chickens, you know, any animal I can find. I shoot them with the bow. It's a blast. <laughs> I I find myself looking for documents, various treasures. You know, they, there's tombs there, too. And I don't know if there's tombs at every campsite, general location, or if it's not the case it's hard to tell usually if there is a tomb it's really straightforward to tell that there is one you see writing on the rocks or whatever things are pointing oh that kind of thing okay yes it's really obvious and i haven't seen that on every level but it's just kind of one of those things where i come home from work after a long day i'm working on some papers for school so i do a little bit of that and then i'm like you know i just want to wander around this island and see if I can find some of the stuff. And it's like almost like puzzles to get to some of these locations. Sounds a lot like Assassin's Creed, actually. Yeah, it's sort of of is. It's different, but it's still kind of that genre. Yeah, same wander around and get lost and find stuff. Yeah, and I guess it's good in the sense that it makes the character stronger, but really it has nothing to do with changing the gameplay Maybe it does in the fact that it does increase skills. Or like the urgency of the story. Yes. I'm just not (laughs) that. Yeah, the urgency of the story. I know I should be trying to rescue my friends, but, you know, I want to kill chickens. That that could wait. That could wait. I want to hunt bears or something. Yes. There are bears to be hunted. And doggone it. Oh, maybe there are bears. I haven't seen any yet. Well, it's a jungle, right? So. Yes. Uh, I do like how when you want to kind of see where your marker is you hit a certain button and it goes everything turns black and white or and there's that beacon sort of wherever you're supposed to go and it gives you an indication really of exactly what you're looking for for an item but have you played it at all no (laughs) well i see i have a question for somebody out there but there are clearly places where things look like they're boarded up with um wood and barbed wire and I can't do anything with it right now with either a, a wood a, a rope arrow or a fire arrow. 
So I don't know if there's something that I'm supposed to pick up later in the game, maybe an explosive arrow or something that's going to open up some of those places. It's a little Zelda-like in that sense. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, you can see that place where, oh, if only I had something that could hook up there. Yeah, maybe you need a hook shot. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you're in the wrong game. Yes, maybe maybe so. I could spend a lot of time in the world of, of Zelda-type experiences. But I have enjoyed that element of not really feeling stressed. or It's almost more of a relaxation thing for me, which some of that for gaming is that for me. It's just relaxing. Life is hard enough as it is sometimes, and I need just something to, to just chill. Yeah, I can understand that because yeah. this week I've been playing um... – Phoenix Wright Trials and not not Trials Justice for All the second one right yeah and that's a pretty relaxing game overall except for trying to figure out all the clues (laughs) they seem pretty bizarre some of the clues oh yeah it's really video gamey logic but it's like the only kind of adventure game that I like if that's playing on on a DS yeah I'm playing on the DS version and do you actually yell into the thing do you say objection Uh, or do you push a button you can do either Oh, excellent. I tend not to. <laughs> I can understand. But it does work. It does work really, really well. But yeah, I can see that's the kind of game where you just sort of set aside your reality for a little bit and yeah. kind of absorb yourself in another one. Well, it's mostly in the cross-examination. I mean, you gather all the evidence, and the game doesn't let you go to the next point without knowing everything about the case that you can know. Okay. So basically, it's in the courtroom. When you get there, you're looking at the witness's testimony, and you're basically piecing together how all the evidence interrelates. So that's always what's cool about the game too. Cause you just pull the, you pulled the whole murder verdict, like completely from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so video gamey. It's unbelievable, but it's a lot of fun. I'm going to have to try those. I've actually watched a few videos of people let's playing on YouTube, but I've not played one for myself. Well, it's on the, um, it's on the store for, uh, was it? We, WiiWare, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's Wii versions of all the first three games. So they're like like uh, 10 bucks each. So that's a good alternative to the DS versions because they can get kind of pricey. Yeah, but I love playing them on the uh, original stuff. But I, I guess it's original if it's WiiWare, right? It's an original version just for Yeah. That. Oh, I mean, they work as fine with a pointer as they do with a controller, so... Yeah. It doesn't matter either way. I mean, you don't want to pay $40 for the second game. Oh, I had a question about PAX. Oh, I've... no. <laughs> was there any Wii U representation at the entire thing? There was. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. there was. It was all terrible, wasn't it? I, I I looked at it passingly, and then I never looked at it again. <laughs> oh, I'm there was a line. boy. There's a line. Okay, well, at least there was a line. Yeah, so... I'm starting to feel the the waves of concern and regret about my Wii U purchase. So <laughs> it's good to know that there was a line and people do want to play things on it. People do want to play things, yeah. So be assured, <laughs> you know, you didn't make a bad purchase. It's just that that purchase is not going to come to fruition for a while. I'm a man ahead of my time. Yeah. Plus that hard drive thing. Ugh. Oh yes, yes, but it does work, and I've got tons of storage now. Yeah. But. Which is, it's just ridiculous to have sold one in the first place with 8 gig of storage. That's just ridiculous in today's world. Yeah, it's not even big enough. And I bought it. Uh, uh, well, at least you had a backup, so. 
Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. It's not a bad alternative. And if you like white, that's like your only option. So, you know, every piece of equipment I have, I don't know if you saw that picture on my blog, but is black. Everything <laughs> in that area is black except for the Wii U and the controller. Is it like a glossy piano black that the Wii is or the Wii U? Yeah. It's yeah, it's sort of glossy. Oh, yeah, it's that it's glossy? glossy white. Yeah. Yeah. With the dust and fingerprints and all that stuff. Yes. I don't like that. I oh. like that flatter texture better. Yeah. That's... I have played a game on the Wii U though. I did finally pick up super scribble knots. I borrowed it from a friend oh, and that I was... game is a lot of fun. It's uh, it's very creative. I think Josh was mentioning that, that he likes it for his creative side. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. I've watched videos of people playing it. Yeah, and you can solve puzzles the more creatively, the better, it seems like, uh, the the more fun it is. And it really is a good two-person game in the sense where somebody's watching with you and kind of throwing ideas. Because it's amazing how you can have someone with you that will come up with an idea that is completely different than what you ever thought would be the solution. <laughs> so, you, so you try it, and you know, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Actually, it's on Steam this week, so maybe I'll give it a try. If it's a good price, it's, you know, bucks? it's... Yeah, I think it's worth 10 bucks for sure. It's your typical storyline where your sister, I think it's your sister, she's turning to stone because of something stupid that you did. <laughs> and you're trying to earn, uh, basically, by doing good deeds enough to turn her back into human again. So it's that sort of typical storyline where you're trying to rescue but somebody. It's like, it's like a pure puzzle game, though, really. It really is. You go to an area like, you know, the the town, the city... You go to the police station, they might have an issue that they're trying to solve. You go to a restaurant, there's issues they're trying to solve. That, that's all you do. But the scenarios are just so much fun, and I still <laughs> don't know the answers to all of them. So, hmm. Like I'm trying to get rid of some radioactive waste that's underwater on the outside of town, and I just don't know what to do to get rid of it. I tried to tie balloons to it so it would just float away. Maybe you need that- to make it blow up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that'll be a good solution too. <laughs> or like Cthulhu. Just put Cthulhu in. That usually yeah. solves all of them. You know, I was thinking I really want to solve the problem of this waste. I don't just want to make it go away or make it explode. <laughs> I want to <laughs> fix it. Just blow it up. Yeah. Well, blowing it up that would just disperse it further. In, oh, in no, my mind. Not in this game. <laughs> well, maybe I do need to do that. That would be my solution to everything. I'm trying to throw reality into a game that is not realistic. But that is, that has been fun, and it works pretty good with the Wii U controller, using the stylus to kind of guide your guy around and to type quickly on the keyboard. Huh. Uh, again, it's probably made more for it'd be even more satisfactory on a computer, to be honest, with a mouse and, and an actual typing of the keyboard. Yeah, I don't think the Wii U controller is a very good way to put in text. <laughs> Yeah, it's not as fast as actually typing on a keyboard. So I would pick it up for 10 bucks. Matter of fact, since I didn't actually buy this copy, I might pick it up on Steam as well. Huh. Well, there you go. It's ten dollars and nineteen cents. So that is that is a good price. That's worth considering. Another thing that I did, uh, I wanted to talk about a, a gaming purchase that I made. You know, I'm always finding stuff, yeah. buying it, but I bought a used PSP Go from somebody recently. Ah, so how is the PSP Go different from other PSPs? Well, you know, PSPs are really good in a sense where you can buy those little U, what are they, UMD cartridges or discs? Yeah. With it, so you can actually play games on I it. I have the uh, I have the big fatty from like seven oh. years ago. 
Well, let me know if you want to sell it. Um, <laughs> no, because I play emulators on it. So. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the reason why I got this PSP Go. This PSP Go, though, was designed by Sony to be for download only. Oh. So it has no cartridge slot. This seems like a lot of money for uh, that product. <laughs> it would have been, yes. And it's a 16-gig model. Uh, the one I bought has two or three games loaded on it from the previous owner, so I've played a little bit of just to see what it does. Gran Turismo is on it, whatever version. Uh, there's also uh, the Grand Theft Auto Chinatown handheld game, which actually is pretty fun. That's one I've spent more time on than anything else. There's a demo for Monster Hunter, which I haven't even touched. <laughs> you probably don't want to. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a multiplayer thing, really. But my goal for this is to wipe, not wipe it out, but basically hack it and play emulators on it, just like you were talking about. I don't know if it's possible on later um, firmwares, to be honest. It's, it's always possible. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> You just have to find the right way. I, I'll let you know about that. That might be a, a, a entry on my blog. It's just been a while since I've uh, been into the world of PSP hacking. Right. <laughs> I know the fatty's just really easy to do stuff with. Yeah, I've never tried it, so I can't report on it. But in terms of design, I do like the size of it. I could see that that would have been really appealing for people. And it does have sort of a flip open thing where you uh, push it forward and the controls are revealed. On the, you know, sort of like a thing that's split into two halves when you use it. And it took me a long time to realize it actually does have an analog joystick. I thought that was a little speaker, but it's a little uh, kind of circle pad, I guess they call it. Oh, it's like that little nub on the side. Right, right. And it's very small, but it works pretty good. It's a little cramped for some of the gameplay. And the battery life so far is is pretty impressive. The main reason I got it, though, as a collector is because they still had the original box for it. And that's the... A nice thing to have. There are things that so annoy me about the PSP, but I mean, <laughs> what can you do, right? Yes, they just seem to do some things wrong sometimes. Just like the Vita is still very good. I'm very impressed with that, but yeah, you know, they've got they've got crossplay going on, and I'm still interested in trying out some of that. Where if you buy it for um, the PlayStation Three, the Sly Cooper game, the latest one, oh, okay. I think you can download it and play the same game from the same save points on either your Vita or your PlayStation Three. Huh. I mean, and that's I like cool. That it just seems like a convenience factor, I guess. Yes. But not really like a useful thing. <laughs> I think if I had Sly Cooper, I'd play it more on the handheld anyway. Yeah, I probably. <laughs> I'm <laughs> weird. I'm weird like that. I like certain games. I just even the handheld games. I just cannot play them on the go. It just doesn't work. Like any action game. I'm just no. <laughs> you start to get red faced as you're playing. <laughs> not on a handheld, especially like Mega Man Zero. Uh-huh. I cannot play that on the actual handheld system. Oh, that was the game on this thing. I'm going to have to turn it on so I can remember what it was called. I played a little bit of Mega Man for the first time. Is it Maverick Hunter X or is it uh, Powered Up? It, it is called... <laughs> We're going to find out. Oh, it's, it must be on the uh, on the Vita. It was free on PlayStation Plus Network. Yeah, it was and, one of the, I think it's Maverick Hunter X. I think it did have Maverick. It's a, yeah, it's a remake of the original Mega Man X. Yeah, so I get my I got my systems confused there. I played through that on the PSP, actually. Did you? Yeah. Well, I was in a car for five hours, so it ended up being okay. <laughs> well, it was pretty fun, though. I understand now you guys are talking about that jump wall jump mechanic and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. 
But that was my first encounter, and I really I saw at a game store a, a cartridge for Mega Man 2, and the collector in me wanted to get it, but they wanted $15 for it, and it was just, just a cartridge, so I didn't pick that up. That's not a bad price for the cart, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe I'll consider. I'm friends with the owner, too, so... Maybe I mean, that's how much uh, DuckTales costs for the NES cartridge. Yes. Mm, I just have this thing. <laughs> of a certain number in my head. Uh, maybe, well, here's an alternative for Mega Man games. They have the Mega Man Anniversary Collection, um, unless you already own that. I have one other uh, useless item pickup that I got. It's a peripheral for a system I don't even own, but it's a Sega Saturn Ooh. Netlink mouse for oh point and click internet surfing <laughs> why <laughs> the sega saturn well i it was a bunch of stuff in a box so i picked it up along with it do you not have a saturn i don't but i might now because i could use a mouse for my internet surfing on it i think the netlink costs quite a bit of money off the top. oh my goodness you bought something really expensive it's uh sealed in the box though. how much did you get it for well, again, it was kind of a part of a package with the other games I was talking about. So uh, I, I spent a total of $100, but oh. I got uh, probably about 10 or 11 games still in the box from various Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and one Atari game. Oh, all right. Well, so, well the mouse itself is worth about 50 at least. No way. Really? Yeah, so you got a good deal. I'm going to look it up, see what it's worth sealed. Yeah, it's a, you know, all the Netlink stuff for the Sega Saturn is really rare. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, because the way the, you know, because Dreamcast and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Plus the internet wasn't big in the mid-90s anyway. In, in America anyway, so. Theology Gaming has its finger on the pulse of retro gaming values. Apparently. Good job. <laughs> yeah, well, the mouse is expensive, but the uh, the actual Netlink is even more expensive. So I'll keep my eyes out for that for sure. That'd be great if I could yeah. find one and it's connected. You know, it's it's built into it, but the person doesn't know it or or realize it. Not that I'm trying to deceive anybody, but it's just you know, <laughs> value is a perceived thing sometimes. Well, if you're planning say. on getting a Saturn, Ted, I will caution you one thing. Yeah. Don't bother with a U.S. Saturn if you can help it. <laughs> Try to go with European, I guess. Uh, no, Japanese. Japanese. The reason being is that, um, well, for one, you, there's a wider game selection, and there's a lot more stuff you can buy. Because the Saturn lived a lot longer in Japan. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and two, you can use four megabit RAM carts, which are required for certain games. And if you use that, most of them have a option to make your system region free. So you can use games from America or Europe or Japan. Interesting. So yeah. I just would have to work my way around the output, the video output. No, it's a NTSC. It should work. Oh, it works. Totally fine, yeah. Japan oh, okay. is on the same standard as us. It's Europe you want to worry about. So is there a certain color or something like that that separates it? Or do I look on the bottom and see if it's got stuff in Japanese? I'm just wondering how I'll be able to discern that. There's a lot of Japanese Saturns. In America, there's only the black one. But in Japan, I believe they come in a variety of different colors because of the way they did it. Right. So, like, basically Sega outsourced the creation of the system to a bunch of different companies. Like, there's a, there's a Vic Saturn and there's a samsung saturn i think and they all have different colors and all that kind of thing so most of the time you can tell it's japanese just by bright colors 
Well, I'll keep my eyes open. There's a couple stores I go to here in Charlotte. They see me coming (laughs) and they, they, they start to pull stuff out that, you know, has been traded in that they know that they're not going to sell to other people. So I like having that kind of relationship. Huh? You know what? I have a Sega Saturn game. I just have no use for it. So if you end up buying one, I'll give it to you. All right. Yeah. Hey, I I have a rare one. It's Daytona um, USA. No, (laughs) no, it's a Japanese one. Oh, excellent. Um, it's Vampire Savior. Oh, really? Yeah, which is well, one of yeah. the rarest games on the console now, I think. Well, now, since I own the mouse already, and I've got the potential of maybe owning a Japanese game, i got to put that on my radar and see if I can pick one up. <laughs> Let me see. Okay, so Vampire... Oh, well, Vampire Savior isn't too rare, but uh, it's a pretty popular game for the system at the time. Yeah, it was an arcade perfect port. Everybody loved it. I remember. Oh yeah, so it's more of an arcade game, not an RPG or something like that. No, it's like a Capcom fighting game. I got you. They just re-released it. It's in the uh, Darkstalkers uh, Resurrection thing. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it's a pretty good game. <laughs> Recommendation: Theology Gaming. Well, the last one that I just wanted to mention is I do have this sealed uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred video game cartridge for a game called Solaris. Solaris. I'm a, yeah. Solaris. It's not that movie that had um, George Clooney in it, but uh, it's a game from the copyright is 1986, and it looks like almost like a shooter game from the front, like you're on the surface of the moon. It's got Saturn in the background, so that makes it look, you know, really cool for back in the day. It says, "I am rescuing stranded space cadets to earn bonus points and extra ships." There's 16 action-packed quadrants. And ten types of deadly Zylon enemies. So, <laughs> I hear it's one of the best-looking games on the 2600. Oh yeah, well I'm gonna never open it, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping this isn't like a re-shrink wrap job. This is the original. It's hard to tell sometimes. How do you tell the difference anyway? Yeah, I don't. I know that I, I worked at a place that used uh, a shrink wrapper thing where you would put a. a a CD case of a game. It was PC stuff at the time. Oh. Where you put it into this plastic stuff, and then you blow it with like the super hot air dryer. Oh, so that's how they reseal games. Okay. Right, right. And it would shrink, you know, right around it, and it would look great. But you could always sort of tell because it'd be kind of open on the ends a little bit from the uh, from the sleeve part of the thing. This does not look like that. So I'm I'm hoping so. Yeah, because I bought uh, the third Phoenix Wright game, and I it said new, but. The plastic wrap didn't, like, tell me it was new. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. It kind of had, like, a sticker on it or whatever, but it's hard to tell. And I find original a lot of times can sometimes be a little more stretchy plastic, rather, where the, the newer shrink wrap can be almost more plasticky. Like, oh, okay. Like, if you were to wave it around, it'll make sound. Like, yeah, but you can't just rip it off, right? Right. You can't just break the surface like you can with the other plastic. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> it's sort of, I guess it rips in a straight line rather than older stuff sometimes rips like a rip. Huh. I don't know if that makes sense. but No, no, no. I, I get it. I, I've opened a lot of new games for the new game smell in my time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like it. Oh, no, there isn't. Not even new car compares. <laughs> or does it? Please, Ted, tell oh, us. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing like it. It's it's a sad thing to to enjoy getting a new car. I, I did just get a new car, for those who are wondering what the world I'm talking about. It's all electric, <laughs> so I'll do a report on that sometime in the future. Uh, I think we're about good now. <laughs> yeah, you didn't talk about what you're oh, playing, but or did you? Yeah, I did. Phoenix Wright. Oh, yeah, yeah. You oh, sure and the did. other That's thing good. I played was Bastion and Limbo. 
Yeah, you didn't enjoy past in so much. Well, you enjoyed it, but some of your critiques were very critical. So it's almost yeah. like the first part of your thing I read, you were like, you know, there's like no reason why I should like this game. But then you sort of say, but I did like it. I Is did, that I correct? Did like it. It's fun. It's a fun game. It's just right. there are definitely problems with it. And it seems like it's more that it's trying to capture a wide audience with this same game rather than it is being a bad game in itself. So the one makes, thing that would pull me in would be that narrative element. Yeah, with the uh, voiceover and such? Yes, I guess so. It almost sounds like he, whatever you're doing, he sort of makes it sound like it's a story being told. Yeah, it's it's really good. So if you fall off the edge or something, does he say, and he slipped to his doom or something like that? Yeah, except he sounds really cool. <laughs> hey, I didn't sound cool when I said that. <laughs> You'll know what I mean if you uh, play the game. <laughs> Logan Cunningham has a great voice, so props to him. But so the game, the game. What was the other game, too? Limbo? Limbo. Oh, Limbo. The Limbo. Yeah, the one with the black and white aesthetic and the puzzle elements. What I saw of that looked so hard and uninteresting that <laughs> I didn't think that would be the game for me. It's hard in all the wrong ways. So there's a... Is it? It's more like, oh, this puzzle requires you to die repeatedly to figure out the exact right timing to do it. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work as well in a puzzling game as uh, maybe other game styles. Yeah, I think the problem is, is the game is it's the the solution is obvious, but the execution for whatever reason is super tight. So it doesn't make any yeah, sense. And if, if I'm doing a puzzle, I want it to be to figure out what the solution is, not how to do the solution. Yeah, not figuring out how the developers want me to jump exactly to get over the obstacle. Yeah, I beat it in like three hours, so. It wasn't too bad, but it just annoyed the heck out of me half the time. Yeah, I could see that happening. Especially hey, with su- it, it has a lot of puzzles that they don't tell you how to do anything beforehand, and you just kind of have to mess around with it until the physics give you the result you desire. Right, and it's like giant spiders in it. There's one where it's sort of like the leg keeps coming down from the right side of the screen or something. Ow, ow. <laughs> I just hit my desk. Ow, and I bumped my I was, microphone. So I was imitating the giant spider arm and uh, <laughs> racked my thumb. Oh, it hurts. Oh, man. Does this count as a, a worker's comp situation Uh-oh. for uh, Theology <laughs> Gaming? We're going to try. <laughs> I'll submit the appropriate paperwork. I don't think it's covered under our health plan, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, I wanted to tell you something about your website that apparently is working. Oh, really? And that is, yeah, your advertising that's on the right side. Yeah. I was at Home Depot looking at something from their website, buying a charger for the electric car for the garage. And all of a sudden, here as I'm on your site where you're talking about Douglas Wilson – On the right shows the two chargers that I looked at previously at Home Depot are just sitting there (laughs) (laughs) kind of saying, hey, I know you looked at us. So that's kind of cool. Your advertising seems to pay attention and and focusing on what people are interested in. So I don't know if other people see Home Depot or not. The power of the Internet. (laughs) Yeah. Did you plan that? You don't have anything to do with that, do you? No, it's whatever the cookies are that are uh, on the thing. Yeah, I was looking at my cookies. All right, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, chocolate ones. Yeah, apparently. Electric <laughs> chocolate ones. So, yeah, you've been writing some good stuff lately, by the way, so oh, keep thanks. it up. I, I find – well, thank you, but I, I find that you're a, a better writer than I am. You really 
can get some thoughts out. You're certainly more prolific, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've certainly <laughs> written more than you. Yeah, you uh, you are definitely someone that can put the thoughts out. But I, I do enjoy your After Church series oh, as well. And I, I find it very, very insightful and very, very, you know, honest. Some of it's very, very striking uh, area. I mean, you definitely use scripture well, I think, and present your case and your position well. Yeah, I and, think and I agree with a lot of what you write. So. I think a lot of it is because of where I came from regarding education mm-hmm. is now because I went a little bit to the left when it comes to Christianity for a while there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm shifting back to the right as a reaction to the stuff I saw in my master's degree program. So <laughs> that's very interesting. I, I definitely did get more of a, you know, and, and right, left, whatever, but, you know, more of a, a tendency to the right or, or more traditional or some may say, you know, orthodox yeah. uh, Christianity views on things. And but it's been interesting to read. And again, you're not uh, afraid to, to say what you think something is. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of us end up in bad places. <laughs> yeah. If we're not willing to say the things that need to be said instead of just kind of letting it go. <laughs> right. That's where you end up with um, our culture today. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's a little bit of a teaser. I'm not going to talk about some of the stuff you've written, but it's worth people who are listening to this, check out the after church part of it and, and see what some of the stuff that Zach writes there. It's cool stuff. All right, so you want to end it there, or? Yeah, we'll end it there unless you got any last thing. I do need to go to work. It's eight fourteen. I was supposed to be there fifteen minutes ago. Yep. So. Look, I'm outlasting everyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you like what you heard, uh, please subscribe on iTunes or Zoom or whatever RSS feed you have. Give us some reviews, good or bad, preferably good. <laughs> Actually, just don't give us two stars, as I learned. Two stars is the worst. That's like a death sentence, huh? Apparently, yeah. So anything but two stars. <laughs> uh, comment, rate, subscribe. Check out theologygaming.com. Ted, check out wildmanted.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, the latest one I wrote had my mom filling in, so please check that out. Yeah, please check that out. It's very interesting. <laughs> yes. And uh, Caller is at Love Subverts, and he also writes for Game Church. So check both those out. So thanks for sticking with us to the bitter end <laughs> and i'll see you next time bye-bye oh wait yes uh wait i gotta come up with a good way to close stuff like make it a good day or... <laughs> no that was stupid i'm gonna work on that <laughs> all right you need a good closer too you need yeah. to work on that like how about like uh game off no that's stupid how about like may god be with you in your gaming <laughs> journeys or <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you and keep your power button on. Yeah. Yeah. Peace be with you and also with you. <laughs> <laughs>